All right, welcome back. This time we're going to be focusing on economics. We're going to be looking at centrally planned uh, economies, which is completely the opposite of what we did in the last time when we talked about the free market. The free market is all about people making their decisions on their own without government interference. A central planned economy is going to go the other way. And they're going to sit there and kind of say, listen, why should we trust other people? Oh, we were elected as governors. Why shouldn't we just kind of run this whole thing? So we need to understand first is that in a centrally planned economy, the government rather than the individual is going to answer all of the three basic questions of economics that we talked about. They are also called command economies because there is one person that is in command of each part. Now, there are not a ton of these still in existence uh, throughout the world. They've kind of back down because people get sick of being told what to do all the time. But to see, there is positives to this. So we need to understand that this isn't just like, hey, this is awful. Somebody shouldn't tell us what to do. So basically, this system is designed to help everybody. So the top planners decide that more military uniforms than sweaters will be made. They send this decision to a materials committee. And knowing how much cotton is available, you know what? That, that's straight from our book. We're going to skip over that part, and we're just going to start focusing on the part that comes up a lot nowadays, which is the socialism versus the communism factor. So socialism and communism, they get thrown together around together a lot because of they're related in certain different entities. Socialism is not a single economic system. It is a term to describe a group of economic and political systems that work together in which they believe essentially in socialism that wealth should be evenly distributed throughout society. So in a lot of socialist nations, uh, they practice what's called market socialism, which means there is a market, people can make more money than the other one, uh, but they use taxes and they use uh, things of that nature to basically redistribute the wealth to give back to the other people. So this is how you're going to get free health care, free college, uh, things like that. A lot of socialist nations because the rich are paying for it when they get their taxes. This is big in Europe. This is big in Sweden. <clears throat> it's big in a lot of uh, European countries. And... This is a mix. Uh, socialism is generally viewed as a mix between capitalism or your free market and communism, which is in your command. In the 1800s, socialism gave way to a new type of economic system, which is communism. And basically that says the government owns everything and everything will get split up in two different ways. So in communism requires a revolutionary change. It has a non-democratic uh, dictatorship. The state owns all of the factors of production. In socialism, what's different is that there's, it's usually democratic. People are voting for, the, for things. They also allow some private property. You own your house. In communism, you don't own your house. The government technically owns your house. And again, socialism is the people's choice. Communism is a revolutionary force's choice. There's a big difference between that. Now, where they do agree and where they meet in the middle is that there's an even distribution of wealth. One version is that literally everybody gets paid the same. And the other version is that, you know, 
we tax the rich more so that everybody appears to be looking the same. Communism has only really worked in two different places in the world. And the first one was the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union, uh, they took over in about 1917, or by 1928, they really kind of fully took over. But 1917 is where they really started. And in 1928, the leader at the time was named Joseph Stalin. And he's going to put in these five-year plans to boost both industrial and agricultural production. Once they did these five years plan, that set the Soviet Union up to be communist for the rest of the time. They built uh, the national power and prestige. They had the best land, labor, and capital to the armed forces. They lent that to them and also to heavy industry. And the reason why they sent them to those places was so they could produce more goods for the country. So as the country can make more money, the people can make more money. Ag agricultural, though, Agriculture, farmers were forced to work on state-run farms. It wasn't a private farm, and the government supplied everything to you. Here's the problem, though. If you didn't do enough, the Russian government got rid of you. They could not produce enough for its own people because they needed to make money somehow. So they were producing enough to send somewhere else, but not to themselves. And that just kind of made things a little bit tricky for them. Now let's look at the other form, which is China. And China, within their communist system, uh, they had a revolution. They were, com were full-blown communists from 1949 to the late 1970s. Uh, their system was that they were going to build small factories to produce goods to be sold in nearby areas, but everything was too expensive for them. So when they switched over to kind of forming these factories to send it everywhere, they needed to come up with a way to fix some of their problems. The country was in desperate need in China, and as they were in desperate need, they started to send factory workers to work on farms so that they could solve their food shortages. And these new economic policies as they allowed factory, factory workers to go to farms and farms to go there, they kind of lessened up some of their control. China was a short run communist experience that didn't work. And China starts to become a powerful nation within our world when they back away from the short, this short run program. There are a lot of disadvantages to central planning. The biggest one is that it creates something called inefficiency. Why am I going to work hard if I'm going to get paid the same as somebody else, no matter how hard I work? When you fix wages and you get rid of competition, what it does to the people is it takes away all of your motivation. I need to be better than somebody in order to be good at my job. I need to do something different to guarantee I can stay in the place in which I'm at. If I do things exactly the same as the person next to me, I could lose my job. In a, in a central planned system, that's not the way it works. It doesn't matter, you have a job, you get paid the same. What's my motivation to go to college if I'm gonna make the same sweeping streets or being a janitor in a school? What's my motivation? There wasn't one. The second thing is that you have no economic freedom. 
And because you have individual freedom to perform, to help all of society, that's all well and good. But without freedom, it leads to government control of everything. Meaning government control of your life. And a lot of times communist leadership and dictatorships turn to taking life of, of its citizens instead of kind of working with them. The third disadvantage is economic growth. You need to be uh, creative to have economic growth. You need to think outside the box to have a new product that people will buy. That's not really encouraged in the system. And because it's not encouraged in the system, people didn't do it. And when they didn't do it, then, you know, it was what it was. Your economy's not gonna grow if you only produce the same products. And there was no, there was no uh, safety in that. The fourth thing is that the economy still wasn't equal. So in theory, you're supposed to be equal, but government officials and people who were more favored by the government, they still got more money. And they still had access to more stuff than you because they were a part of the government. Ordinary people had suffrages, but if you were a high, well-thought-of, and well-respected person, you still got what you wanted. It still wasn't equal. It actually shined a light bigger on how unequal it was by the way in which they ran things. And the fifth thing is that it meets some goals, but it doesn't meet the extra thing. It doesn't meet the goal for the individual, and it doesn't meet the goal for a lot of things. So the disadvantage of these central plan systems is what is why we don't see them exist. It's why they don't make it into uh, the regular world today. Thank you for listening. Please go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Help me out so I know what I'm doing wrong. Even if you hate listening to this, uh, please just give me something so I can kind of know, get some type of feedback. It's always appreciated no matter which way it is. I'm new to this, so I'm still trying to figure out what's working and what isn't. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Bye.